welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make him known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hi, ladies, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. This week, we have Brianna Trowbridge joining us. Good morning, Brianna. Good morning. How are you doing, girl? Good, good. Just got back from a relaxing uh, vacation in Arkansas. Good. Well, I'm glad you had a good vacation. I'm glad you're sharing some of your time with us today. So, um, Brianna, um, tell the ladies a little bit about who Brianna is. A lot of them don't know you. Some do, but some don't. So give them just a put it in context for them so they know who they're hearing from today. I am a pastor's wife. We live in Albion, Illinois, and my husband is the pastor of Samaria Missionary Baptist Church. And uh, we've been here serving for almost five years now. And we have three children, and then we have two foster sons. And I just love to serve in every way that I possibly can. Love to share the love of Christ with whoever I can come in contact with, whether it be through foster care, whether it be through having someone over for dinner or serving in our local church body or serving overseas in the Dominican Republic. I just love to serve. Mm, And that's evident for them. Anybody that knows you, that is, that is very evident. Tell them about your vocation too, Brianna. I am a primarily homeschool, stay-at-home mama, but um, one day a week, I teach nursing students at our local community college um, where I take them into the hospitals and come alongside them and help them hone in their nursing skills. Being a teacher has really allowed me to keep up my skills, but also to help the next generation of nurses. And I just love, I just love coming alongside of them. Um, It kind of reminds me of like the mentoring process. Consider Mm -hmm. myself more of a mentor or a uh, facilitator and not so much like an instructor, like dictator, this is how you do it kind of thing. I don't have that kind of bone in my body. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that sort of puts Brianna on the table then. We know you're a young mom. You're pretty dynamic. You don't sit still too long. You know, you have um, a family. Two of those little ones are, um, are being currently being fostered in your home, married to a pastor. And you also have this vocation and, and you are a nurse educator because I know I know that that's some other stuff I'm talking to you on, you know, just as we think God's opening some opportunities here in the state, you know, for some evangelistic outreach and stuff. But but you definitely have a lot on your plate. You have a lot on your plate. So I heard you one time say that you juggle a lot of balls at any given time. And um, you do it well. You do it well. And I think people have have shared that with you, that you do it well, because they're always scared they're going to, I think, overstretch you. And you it doesn't take you long to bring some for them to have confidence that, no, no, she's she's quite capable of saying no if it doesn't fit, um, doesn't fit your your calendar, your bandwidth or whatever. So you do you, you juggle them with finesse, friend. Thank you. I want to spend a little bit of time today. That's why I thank you for the context, because there's so many things that, you know, on our podcast we talk about we're just ordinary women who are living our lives serving this extraordinary God. And there's so many areas of your life that we could go and we could say, let's just talk about this one thing or let's just talk about this one thing. But today I really want to focus in on the fostering because Brianna, just because you and um, and your husband, you know, were so kind to invite me in a little bit on your journey to get to see behind the, you know, behind the curtain to get a glimpse. I know that you, you talk about you love to serve and you truly went into the fostering process and you're in the public. You know, you mentioned you, you work with DCFS, so you're in the public stream. You're not doing it through any kind of a private agency or private organization. 
and you truly went into it um, to get your church family behind you guys so that you could foster somebody for the purpose of helping that family and that child be reunited as a family or that parent and that child be reunited as a family. That's why you went into the fostering. So really doing your best to become informed about what all the um, what what the bumps in the road, the bumps along the way were going to be. So go back to when you started, when you started seeking out, being able to foster. What drew you to that? Why was that such a draw? Because a lot of people jump into it because they want to adopt. That was not your case and, and Pastor Nathaniel's case. So what what was the draw for you? Our family is no stranger to brokenness like many of other families. So we had seen a need even just within our not immediate but outer families of how there is brokenness from sin and how those without hope really struggle and those who have never been brought up in the church or even if they have and they've kind of strayed away they just don't have a support system whatsoever and we've seen that a lot of children that come into foster care it's because of decisions that their parents made. And a lot of that comes from the home, how they had no support and really didn't know how to parent. And so Nathaniel and I, we had talked about fostering in the past before we made the leap into full-time ministry. We had talked about it. It just wasn't the time. So we moved to Samaria and God just kept really placing this burden on our heart. And, you know, it took us a couple of years to finally say yes. We we thought about all of the obstacles. I was working more at the time. And then I had the opportunity, like I said, to become a nursing instructor. So my schedule kind of opened up more and I knew I would have more time at home. And we went have to worry about daycare. And so we we sought out different options. There are great options in our area. Some of them are private agencies and some of them are DCFS. And so we chose to go through the DCFS route and we started the process in February of 2019. And we were licensed in June of 2019. And we talked about age ranges and all of those things because the way that these kids come into your home and the brokenness that they bring, um, you have to think about how that's going to affect your own family. So we decided to foster children younger than our youngest. And he was six at the time, so we knew we wanted to go younger just to protect him from some of the things that can come into your home. So we we prayed about it. We, we went through the process and we became licensed in June of 2019. The motivation behind fostering for us, it was to share the love of Christ, not only with these children that are coming into our home, but also with their families. And that's because we all know that the majority of the way that kids or that people come to Christ is if you can get the parents. I think I saw a statistic last week uh, by my friend Joey. Um, He shared it on Facebook and he said, like, if you can win the father to the Lord, like 96% of the time, the whole family will start coming to, and it's 22% children and like 18% women. So are the mother. So again, I might have all those numbers all mixed up, but it just shows us that if we can love on these parents and share the love of Christ with these parents, then there can be changes within the family. And the brokenness of sin doesn't have to manage their life. Um, Jesus Christ can manage their life and, and become the center of it. So our goal in foster care is 
to love these parents. And when we can share the love of Christ with them, but we also know at times the relationship that you have with people is very important in order for you to step into that as well. And so we've had four different cases um, come through our home with children. And our very first case, I wish I could do it all over again and, and change things because I was just concerned about the child in our care. I wasn't really concerned about the parents, even though that's why we went into this. But after he left our home, we just sat down and we had a long talk about what we should change. How how should our fostering process look different uh, for the next kids that come into our home? Are we willing to take more children into our home after our first experience? What, what, did, what are we still doing? Were we called to foster care? Because, you know, whenever you hit those bumps and those hurdles, sometimes you're like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> These kids come with a lot of trauma and we understand that. Um, and we understood that, but we did not understand the depth of how that trauma would affect them coming into our into our homes. And were we causing our children more trauma than what we we thought we were? Would I change our foster care journey? No, no, I wouldn't, because it has taught my children compassion, love, understanding. It has taught them that. God is an amazing God who, in all of this, knew right now what was going to be happening in our lives. And they knew the love that our two boys needed. And they knew the discipline that our two boys needed. He knew how long they were going to be with us. And that's another thing um, you had said. We didn't go into this journey with the intention of adoption. And we didn't. It wasn't the goal to increase our family forever. And we tried to prepare our children um, for the sake of them going home. In Illinois, I believe the average case before either reunification or adoption happens is over three years in Illinois. That's a long time to be in your home and to become a part of your family because no matter what you think, they are a part of your family. So I, I wouldn't change our journey. I wouldn't have done much different. Um, I would have read this book that I am reading um, <laughs> first. <laughs> I would. And I actually, we've helped a few other families become foster families, get them in contact with the right people. And I recommend that book 100% to them. I haven't even made it all the way through, but the first like six chapters are so like eye-opening yeah. that... Sure. Ladies, if you're listening, we're going to put the name of that book in the episode notes so that you'll be able to to reference that book that Brianna's um, referring to, if that's something that you would be interested in getting your hands on and being able to read that. And Brianna, I'm just going to ask you, um, are, if somebody wants to reach out and have a conversation with you, maybe they're part of this journey themselves or contemplating this journey. Um, can we share your contact information? Is that okay if they reach out to you and, and um, to, to ask a few questions or pick your brain on something? Of course, as everybody who um, has met me, um, they know I'm a social butterfly. So they know <laughs> I like to have lots of friends and pour into people and be poured into by others as well. So that yes, sounds good. Perfect. We will do that. We will do that. So ladies, if you're hearing something that that is striking a, a nerve or you'd like to hear more about or you know, you're you're on this journey or maybe contemplating that journey. Um, I'm real big on sharing maps with people, you know, especially some of us just a few steps further down the road. Um, or you may be a few steps further down the road and think, man, I, I really would like to share this with Brianna. Here's something we learned. Then definitely her contact information will be there. So be sure to be sure to check it out. Brianna, here's what I want to do. I appreciate you unpacking that because I wanted people to 
hear the heartbeat of why you entered into this, you and you and Nathaniel. And, you know, your church family's been supportive. You know, your families have been supportive of you guys. And because when somebody fosters, everybody's fostering, right? There's that that whole network of people, their lives are impacted. And it's not always easy. It's not easy. But, you know, God doesn't call us. Like you said, ministry can be messy and God doesn't always call us to the easy. But, you know, you are that pastor's wife. So you have a unique role in the church. And, you know, so I want to I want to watch the way I say this, you know, because I don't want to sound negative. But a long time ago, several years ago, I said, I want to lead a breakout or have somebody lead a breakout that says, how do we foster those who are fostering? And what I meant by that is we need to realize as being part of, of um, in your words, a normal to size church or a small church, that when we have families that are fostering, then God has allowed us to become part of that child's life too and the parent's life also. I think to myself at any given day sitting on a, you know in the church pew, a Sunday school teacher or a small group leader, GA leader, whatever it may be, they may not always like seeing a family foster. Because what that means is here comes a new face with a lot of those problems that you described just came into their classroom. And when you see transition in that foster home, and that's why I can say this to you because you're the pastor's wife, right? But what about other families, you know, or other families in the community send in kids that we may be trying to reach? You bring those, those, those problems have just been invited into the classroom. And if there's turnover as quick as, as what we sometimes see in the foster system, that could be new faces, new people, new problems multiple times a month, you know, to a teacher that, you know, that has those kids for a few short minutes. So I want you to to talk a little bit about that from your perspective. And was that is is that something that you've had an opportunity to not only in your own church, but to to talk with other church leaders about, you know, um, or, or or let's just be honest, or is Carmen off? I'll use your nursing term. Is that just a subjective assessment on my part? That's really not valid out in the real world. No, you're you're spot on. I will tell you that we have some amazing church family who has stepped up and been so supportive. And the very first Sunday that we brought them to church, Ax went to Sunday school. And I have an amazing friend. Her name is Kim. And I love her to pieces. They were talking about Jesus. And he's like, oh. and she goes, what? And he goes, Jesus isn't real. Jesus is fake. And you have to know my friend Kim. She's a uh, she is a very awesome um, Christian woman. And she goes, uh, no, he's not. And so then she got to share who Jesus is. And um, to go from that to where we go now. So now X is the first one to volunteer to pray. He still is very shy about doing it in front of his mom. But he he's usually the first one to volunteer to pray. You know, now X sits with Kim during, um, sun, or during worship service. Um, he sits next to her and her daughter. And he listens, he'll sit next to my good friend, Carol, or my good friend, Jennifer, or my friend, Carrie. So our church has come alongside us and um, really loved on these boys. We have never needed for anything when we first gotten placement. I will put something on Facebook and my friends um, and family and our church family have just gone above and beyond and helping us get what we need. But if you know of someone on this foster journey, I would just love on them. Sometimes they won't even say that they need something because I'll be honest with you. I'd much rather serve others than be served. But yeah, foster care is not a one person journey. Um, It affects every single person. Like 
my brother-in-law, the very first time that we went over there, he has three girls, has never had a, a son, and so really loves on our, our boys. But Lenny looked at my sister and said, Lori, how am I supposed to love on them just for the short amount of time that they're here? Let me tell you, even when you know it's best for those kids, it still breaks your heart. It does. Like, we had a little girl for a whole entire month. And that's not a long time, but she still, we loved her, but we knew what was best for her was to live with her siblings. They were all in three different homes. Mm -hmm. So we advocated for her. She needs to be somewhere where she could be with at least one of her siblings and they made it happen. But don't go into foster care thinking that it's not going to be heartbreaking, that it's going to be a piece of cake, that um, you're going to be able to protect your heart because tell you what, you can't protect your heart. That's real. That's really good, Brianna. And ladies, if you're listening, I think this is the hard part of fostering that needs to be discussed. It needs to be discussed. I love what your brother-in-law said. How do we, How? okay, you're loving on a short term, but how do I love on a short term? Kind of like, when do we lean in? You know, are they going to stick around a while? In other words, what are we investing in? And, you know, I, I applaud him for being honest with his feelings because that may not been what he was feeling at all, but it was the best words he had to put on the mm-hmm. situation. And some, and you know, and ladies, again, many times that, um, l- let me say this, it's a broken system. So I've known many, many people that have went down the fostering route, especially through, through the public system, you know, the, and, and they went in, some have went in for adoption. They've, they've went in, people tell them, oh, this is an easy way to adopt without having to have the fees. There is nothing easy about that. You know, and others have went in just like yourself, Brianna, and your and your husband, Nathaniel, thinking, how can we help these children and how can we meet the need, you know, help help to build those relationships with them and their parents, let the parents get back on their feet, whatever that needs to whatever that needs to look like, right? To be able to transition them back into their home. And they find on that journey that what the information, and I'm being real careful because I don't want to slam the um, DCFS system. That's not what I'm trying to do. But it's just so broken. The need is so great, and the workers are so few. Mm, and I think, what does that sound like spiritually, right? Mm-hmm. The harvest is ripe. The workers are few. The need is so great that you can go as a family to these informational meetings, and the rules sound really good of all the support that you get. But when you hit the real world, I've seen so many families, they no sooner get licensed and they're already receiving calls because the need is so great that we can give a, um, a waiver. We know you're only licensed for one, but we have three and we can do a waiver to take it. And, and again, I think sometimes we're a little naive going into this, ladies, and we think, oh, here's going to come this little bundle of joy. And they come with so much baggage that you just don't know. So hear me say this. If you're listening in, you may already be fostering and you may be struggling and you may think, man, my heart was in the right place and I want to do this, but it's, it's breaking you or it's breaking your family. You've heard Brianna talk about this being hard. Again, what a reminder to tell you, you are not on this journey alone. God does not intend us to be alone. So welcome to the community. If you're not connected with us, you know, follow us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women. You can find us on Instagram at, at Illinois Baptist Women or come to our website at ibsa.org backslash women. This is why we invite people to connect to the community. The, the community is the Brianna's. The community is the ladies that you hear from on Friday and it's you. And, and sometimes you just need that encouragement from 
from that person that's in the same shoes that you can just ask a question in a safe environment or like you've heard Brianna um, talk about I, I, I'm chuckling when you went through your list of friends by like he might sit by my friend so-and-so or my good friend so-and-so or my best friend so-and-so or my good and I'm just laughing because I'm applauding and celebrating what God's doing in your life, friend, as he's brought good, strong, godly sisters around you that happen to be friends too, right, to do this journey with you. But ladies, if you're listening, like I said, reach out. Don't don't break alone, you know, because the need is great. The need is great. And somebody's stepping up and they're not doing this for a pat on the back. You know, the Briannas and the Nathaniels, they're not doing this for the pat on the back. They're definitely not doing this for a paycheck. And there's a myth out there. There's a myth out there of these big dollars that you make from, you know, from fostering. Understand the need is there. Not everybody's going to be called to foster. But if the church isn't helping to meet that need, who is? Who is? Isn't that what God calls us to do? And we can do this together, which, Brianna, is the reason I'm thrilled that you were willing to spend a few minutes on today's podcast and, and just tell a little bit about your journey, this the, the fostering part of your journey, you know, that you and Nathaniel and the kids are on right now, because I do think it's going to um, benefit people to hear that, maybe encourage some, affirm some, and maybe a calling that God's put on their life. But also, I just, I have a feeling that, that there's people that, let, let's let's just say it statistics will show that a lot of marriages can't handle the fostering process there's a lot of families that get into it for the right reasons and they end up broke themselves their marriages are broke or the the family ties are broke that's why we need to be talking about a subject like this because it is hard everything about it is hard and you may get promises of respite or call us if this happens but the system is so taxed. It is so taxed that doesn't matter what you heard in a meeting. That's not always what's delivered when the real need is there. That's why we have to know what does it look like? Who's God got fostering in our churches? And what does it look like for us, me, the Carmens, to come around them? What part does God want me playing in that game or you playing in that game? So, Brianna, would you add anything to to that, you know, to encourage somebody that may be listening? I think that thing that I want everyone to know about foster care is it's tough and you're going to cry and you're going to say why why such brokenness why is this happening but it's so rewarding Mm -hmm. um to see the changes that you see within not only the kids but in their parents even if their parents are not receptive to the gospel it's still our jobs as Christians to share the gospel with them we can live the gospel and we we can breathe the gospel, but we must share it in words and we must share the hope that is within us because if we don't share that hope, how are they going to find that hope? Because the only cure for the brokenness that we have within our world is the hope that is within us. Amen. 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 Well, friends, I appreciate that you and Nathaniel have opened your home and that you are part of the foster journey. Can I just say this? I appreciate your children because I have what you say they've learned compassion through this. I have watched them open their home. I have watched them share their parents. I've watched them share their things. 
you know, and done it graciously, just done it graciously. So, Brianna, I want to personally thank you for being with me today, um, allowing me to be very direct and ask you some of those what I think are hard questions or what I call elephant in the room moments that I think they're reality, but we don't always discuss them. And I do believe that, um, and ladies, this may be you if you're listening in, some people have went down this journey and they're feeling like a big failure because it didn't work for them or they were overwhelmed and, and they got out. And ladies, if that's you, again, shame is always of the enemy, never of God, never of God, right? So I just ask, you know, if that's you, spend some time with God, but it could be that you were listening to today's podcast as a moment of encouragement, as a moment of rebuilding, as a moment of healing and reach out. There are many, many, many women and men on this journey with you. And that's part of being being the church, just like God may have called you to do something. God may have called somebody else to, to foster, but it doesn't stay in the confines of the four walls of Brianna and Nathaniel's home. It impacts everybody that that God has put around them. And I do believe that we as a church need to learn to foster whatever that looks like. We need to we need to learn to foster. So Brianna, tell your sweet husband I said thank you too for him just being so supportive of you and your vision. And he's definitely caught on, right? His heart is definitely there. Well, ladies, that's going to wrap down our time today. Again, Brianna's contact information and that book she referenced will be in the episode notes. Be sure to check that out. Feel free to reach out to her if you've got some questions or just want to have a conversation. Um, You heard her say she's the social butterfly. It may be that on the next podcast, she's calling you one of those good friends that, you know, to close in. But in all seriousness, it's a it's a topic that gets discussed, needs to be discussed. The church um, wants, we, we need to figure out how do we be the church in this area because the need is great. The need is great, not just for the children, but the parents and the grandparents. It's generational there of those children. So again, Brianna, I say thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And ladies, for you guys, I'll join you back here next week on the Priority Now podcast. Have a great rest of your week. You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org women.